electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Fast Money starts right now, live from the NASDAQ market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Steve Grosso, Brian Kelly, and Dan Nathan. Tonight on Fast, the fate of the tech trade hangs in the balance as some of the biggest names get ready to report earnings next week. And one trader thinks there's more trouble ahead. Plus, it was the earnings call heard around Wall Street. The CEO of Cleveland Cliffs attacking analysts and short sellers on one of the craziest earnings calls we've ever heard. We'll tell you what he said that had shareholders fleeing the stock. But first, we start off with another wild week for the markets. The Dow making triple digits moves nearly every single day, and it was a roller coaster of emotions as you're up, then up big, then down. The Dow managed to end the week in the green, snapping a three-week losing streak. And check out some of the big movers this week. Home Depot, IBM, Morgan Stanley, and United all with wild swings. So we thought it would be the perfect time it to play be. America's favorite game, Traded or faded. Hmm. Since Guy's not here, I'm not going to explain the rules. How's that? Oh, wow. wow. You're going to kick it off That's, straight I mean, off the bat. I think we can do this without Guy. Traded or faded. Okay. Home Depot down 6% this week. Tim. I'm going to trade that thing. Uh, bottom line here is I think Home Depot is treated as if it's an interest rate sensitive. I don't think it is yet this week. We got the, the mortgage rates that are now at 2011 highs, Mel. I, I think the, the reality is this is the ultimate consumer discretionary play. In fact, it's the opposite. The consumer's never been better. Uh, housing stock is lower. They're staying in their homes. There's not enough supply out there. And they're spending money on their home. Asset prices are actually going higher. Home prices aren't falling, but home sales are while mortgage rates go higher. So home well, how, are they, how are they paying for those to, to the redos? Because I agreed with you in the last cycle but this time it seems like those home equity loans are going up the reason how they're paying for it is actually going up i don't think they're going to pay for it as much as they did in the past i would say faded well first of all i, I think they have jobs i think they have their, their wages are going higher i think the asset value underlying which means they can at least tap into home equity they have home equity so they may be and paying a little bit more on that loan right. i don't think when people are taking out home equity loans they think as much about it because they're getting cash to them right then and there and they're spending it on these houses well the one thing you do have to worry about though is the home price index year over year is starting to roll over and mm. we saw that you know in the last couple uh, housing issues. Now, I'm not saying we're having another housing crisis. I'm just saying the price of houses, the rate of change is rolling over. And then you look, couple in everything else. And yeah, maybe the consumer has a little bit more money in their pocket, but things cost a little bit more because of inflation at this point. The stocks are having Dan, they're ganging up on me. I, I hope you have something stock, positive to say about the crisis. crisis. I don't know, but I'm going to need help. I think everything what these two guys have said reflect the sentiment of the move from 215 since November 10th to where it is right now at 175. If you look where it bottomed out at 170 um, back, I think, in March or April. You're looking at a stock that actually is trading at a market multiple. It's a, a, obviously a premier um, retail name. And I think at this rate, Tim, you're going to get a chance to buy it at 170. <laughs> Give it two more days. Uh, you know what I mean? So, so I think, I think you fade a little longer, but then yeah, I think you trade it back right. near those March I agree with oh, that. There, there is a $10 below this support in it, but everything is getting hit. So you said there might not be a housing crisis. Yeah. All the housing stocks are in crisis well, right now. Right. So that's a problem. This isn't a housing stock, though. Again, this but is a consumer discretionary This is the first time play. it's traded like one. I, not, well, I think the issue with Home Depot is it often gets thrown in that basket. But, but to me, the home, the, basically, the home retailers 
don't have the same issue as big box. They don't have the overstoring. But they, I don't think they, it ever, very it ever got thrown. They have the I don't think it ever got service. thrown in that. I don't think it ever traded like a home builder I thought you just said they trade like home stocks. Right now, this is the first time in the cycle that Home Depot has traded with the home builders, as far as I can remember. It always traded like a retailer that serviced the home builders. I, I think the most troubling thing real quick is just how quickly the stock has dropped. And so, you know, home builders have been making new lows for right. like months now. And the mm-hmm. fact that it just joined the party, that's the one thing that I think is kind of curious. That's all. Mm-hmm. All right. Morgan Stanley is our next stock. Uh, this week it's up 7%. Steve Grasso. This one's easy. This whole space has a headwind to it. It's down 11% year to date. Even with good news, this entire space, can- oh, sorry, faded. Faded. Thank oh. you. you can't, they can't rally the space. I think that this should be an optimum time for these guys and the rest of the field, and you just can't trade it. You can't. Trade it. You have to fade it. Okay, but, but, <laughs> but I, I know I'm not going to have Dan's support on this, but I would trade it. And I would trade it because that's the whole point. I think the sentiment in the sector is so poor. Uh, Morgan Stanley announced numbers. Yes, they have fee income compression. But the bottom line here is the valuation is extremely interesting. I think the banks, if we're in this environment where people are concerned about a stronger economy, which means higher interest rates, uh, I, I don't like the chart. I don't like anything about it other than the valuation. That Actually, sentiment is so poor right now that suddenly these guys are going out of business with their best balance sheet and best capital return in years. I don't think the chart looks that that bad if you're talking about a short-term trade. So I would trade it. I think it held up pretty well relative to everything else that was going in the market today. Uh, This week, we had that bounce. Now you know where you stop out. So risk-reward, you trade it. I see no reason to trade it. I mean, I just, it seems hope like there's a lot of, you know, hope you fade it. <laughs> hope you over here keeps talk, talking about how this cycle's going to turn. This is going to be great for them. This and they go lower. I mean, it did have a pop after earnings, after sentiment was so poor, and there were things to pick out in the results. But I just don't get why you have to stick your toe in the water with these names. Do you remember that Life Cereal commercial with that Mikey little likes Mikey? It. Mikey, like, likes Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it. We know what happened to Mikey, Once by the way. Once you get the stock that Dan likes, so we're going to say that Mikey, Mikey. likes it, finally. Uh, that sounds like a new game. A few. Remember I mean, what happened to Mikey? He suffered a very unfortunate fate. Pop that, rocks? That, pop rocks. No, hey, that no. was that's 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 urban legend. Urban legend. Okay. Okay. Want to move on to the next out? IBM, it was down 8% this week. BK. Oh, me? Yeah. Uh, Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it on this one. Or you trade it. So I know it's been down, yes, but it got hit with the market. To me, in this environment, you want to be looking for idiosyncratic growth. I think they have that with Watson. I think they have that with blockchain. Just not They're enough. starting to turn that around. It's not enough, but you have to believe in that turnaround story, and I like that here, so you trade it. Idiosyncratic growth means that they have no growth. In other words, that you're trying to find, no. well, you're, you're, well no. it means you're trying to find idiosyncratic no, growth grows, in Watson because it's the one outside place. outside of what the economy does. Or the one place where they might be growing because they're not growing anywhere else. And to me, I, I think IBM is a turnaround story that continues to try to turn uh, the valuation uh, I would argue isn't terribly cheap especially for a company that that I, not not and nothing duplicitous here but they engineered earnings for five years and I'm not even sure it was real um, I would stay away from this name well Watson no offense and blockchain it, yeah. it's just the rounding errors you can't everywhere they need to be they can't get there quick enough the, the ship You're is too big fade. fade all these fades against yeah, sorry, trade me. Okay. Trade, but but don't you sorry, acknowledge yeah. that Watson and blockchain are such a tiny part of revenues that right. it can't turn the ship around? Well, I think it can turn the ship around, right, not but today, point, but that's but like, the But when you extrapolate the growth of those businesses, at what point does that actually make an impact in terms of percentage on revenue? I think if you're looking at a stock that's come down like this, mm-hmm. you look back and look where the, the support is on this, you're talking about a turnaround story. So you have to, that's what investing is. We don't have all the information. You have to extrapolate extrapolate this. So for me, I'd absolutely be in this. All right. Last but not least, United Airlines up 9%.
Dan Nathan. Uh, yeah, 9% of the week. It's up 30% on the year. It massively outperforms almost every name in this space. I'm fading oh, it. Oh, Let me tell you what. I'm going to tell you. I was excited. See what I did there? Yeah. Okay, but here's the deal. I mean, the rest of the group acts so Got badly. Me. When you Come look on. at uh, you look at Delta, you look at American, massive underperformance. Tim, you've been right on this name, and I, I, here's my point from a trading perspective. I don't know what the catalyst is going to have it break out to new highs. And so, to me, I think you probably have some room. You could trade it down near that 80 level or something like that. I'm not sure you buy it right here. Uh, hmm. Where Dan, I think, is going with this is that these have been great trading yeah. stocks. And if you look at United or Delta, you've had probably 10 times to trade 15 to, to north of 15 percent trading ranges up and down over the last six months with the, the overall move being higher. With United, they found ways to disappoint you multiple times. I think Mr. Munoz could do that to you again, even though I do like the sector. I'm very comfortable with valuations here. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, people think that airlines cannot raise or, or they raise prices because of higher oil prices. I think that's actually a good thing. It gives them pricing power in a difficult time. Airlines. For me, it's a fade, without a doubt. Absolutely. I mean, look at this thing up against 90 bucks. You've had this rally. Now let's take the overall market. Doesn't look fantastic. No place I want to be. I, I would fade that one and buy Spirit Airlines. Just to switch in and throw my own game in and here. And would you rather yeah, the just trader it. fade it? It's too late. Well, he can't take three it back. games in one. Can't take it back. It's like a turducken. Uh, well, the S&P 500 may have reached um, key levels here. It was certainly a wild week for the broader markets. Uh, and maybe a come comeback could be ahead. Gross is headed over to the plaza to take us off the charts. Gross All right, so this is like a huge game of trade or fade right here. So let's just take a look at the charts and see what they say here. So this is the 200-day moving average. The market has told us that the 200-day moving average is actually the most important thing for us to focus on. So back here when we had that big sell-off here, it was about 11% move. This move was only about a 7% move. But we only broke the 200-day moving average for one day and closed below it for one day. We did the same thing in March. Here, we've been battling with it for about five days. The more you battle with it, one or two things are going to happen. Either weakens it or strong, uh, strengthens it. I think it's weakening it. I think we're going much lower from here to start, but I think we rally into year end because you're battling seasonality of biblical proportion. Hedge funds are behind the eight ball. They need to buy stocks. You need to buy them into the, clo into the close of the year. So I think we will see this level again, the 27.10 level, which was our recent low. If you want to lock in some profits, if we break the 200-day moving average, which is 27.68, you can lock it in and try to play for a bounce off of this. If this level doesn't hold, kiss your kids. Don't go home. <laughs> Steve, I've got a question. It, it, I know we're talking about technicals here, but the argument that hedge funds who have underperformed have to chase into year end, wouldn't be this be their chance to actually outperform if the market's going lower and they actually they short the market or they actually push it lower? Because, in fact, that's their mandate. Their mandate is to make money in good and bad markets, and it would be the better way for them to outperform. Good, good question, but you know as well as I do, long-short hedge funds, their longs hurt them more than their shorts help them. So they're always leaning long, the majority of hedge funds. So even if the market goes down and they short the market, their longs will still hit them a lot harder than their shorts will help them. So 2710 to the downside, otherwise we go higher. In, yeah, I think in that environment, what, what, do you tr what do you see leading the way? So I think this market has shown us that you cannot rally substantively higher without large cap tech. So you have to see that Netflix indicator. You have to see the Amazons, the Netflix, the, the Googles. Facebook's a different entity unto itself. But you have to see the majority of those fan group move higher in order for the overall market to move higher as well. All right. Thanks for that, Grasso. He'll make his way over. In the meantime, coming up, tech stocks getting crushed this month. And we are on the heels 
of the biggest week of earnings for the sector. We'll tell you just how bad things could get. Plus, car trouble at Ford on track for its worst year since 2011. One trader's betting the stock is stuck in reverse. And later, Mega Millions Madness. Yes. Big prize tonight. Woo. Now up to a billion bucks. But just in case you don't win, just in case, the traders have four jackpot stocks yes. to help you get rich anyway. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money. Talk about CEO OMG. In one of the strangest earnings calls Wall Street has ever heard, the CEO of Cleveland Cliffs, Lorenzo Goncalves, went on a rant against analysts and short sellers. You are a disaster. You are an embarrassment to your parents. With this being said, uh, we are going to use money to reward the long-term shareholders. So if the stock continues to go down, based on these kids that play with computers and somebody else's money. Uh, we are going to buy back stock. We are going to screw these guys so badly that I don't believe that they will be able to only resign. They will have to commit suicide. So we are going to screw these guys so badly that it will be fun to watch. That will be my first priority, other than the two top priorities of finishing HBI and paying down debt. You are messing with the wrong guy. Later in the day, Goncalves appeared on Closing Bell and defended his actions, saying he would do it all over again. We're talking about it today, to be clear, because the stock is down no, more than 5%. You are talking I'm talking about the, the entire story. You are trying to talk about today. I'm trying well, it's to not talk every day we hear a conference story. call like this. Yeah, of course. CEOs are cookie-cutter people. They like to say the same things the same way for you guys to repeat the same things on air, and life is good. I'm different. You like it? Great. Well, you don't like it? Great. Okay. Hmm. The stock ended down about 4% today. That was off the lows of the day. He sounds very similar to maybe uh, an Elon Musk, somebody who doesn't care about convention and what is expected of a CEO to do. What do you think? Did he tell me that I was an embarrassment to my parents? I mean, you know, not that. the first time. <laughs> Come on. Um, so, first of all, this stock had been an embarrassment to its parents for about three or four years. The balance sheet was out of control. They get totally levered up at the peak of the crisis. They chased growth, growth, growth at the peak of the market, and they actually almost exploded. So, if shareholders are actually questioning whether or people are going after the stock and questioning whether in a good environment they can continue to deliver free cash flow, I don't blame them. But bottom line is the company is delivering free cash flow. They've initiated a dividend for the first time in I don't know how long. And HRC prices, hot roll coil or iron ore prices, are near the top of the range that we've seen in multiple years. You could argue that steel prices are near on a relative basis all-time highs. So this company better be making money in this environment. And I'm not sure, unless you believe that growth is going down and that actually you want to be tied to levered plays to global growth, that's what this company is. And if you think it's going down, you might want to short this stock. It's had a great up, run. Up 53%. But, you know, I, I wouldn't chase it. And by the way, when they were making comparisons to Elon Musk, this is much worse than, than what Elon Musk did on that conference call. This, this is was much terrible. Worse. Ter terrible. Uh -huh. I mean, this is, you're, it'll be fun to watch. You're going to have to commit suicide. This is a terrible uh, 
terrible the, actions the by a CEO. The sentiment is understandable, but how he expressed himself. Terrible. Awful. And with the stock up 53%, usually guys would avoid this. There's a, there's a, it's not a drastically high short interest on a name. It's 16%. So it's not a crazy, but I think with the performance that it's had year to date, I think you're probably okay shorting the stock. You know what's kind of interesting is how it ended the day. I mean, it didn't end the day on the lows. Yeah. So no, you no. had this massive sell-off, a little bit of a rebound. I, you know, I think it's certainly you know where your where your stop out is. That's today's low. Uh, I'm not all that excited about a CEO who talks that way. Um, certainly understand frustration, but you know, I would want a CEO who's a little more reserved. Well, market history shows that people who act this way, who are in charge of companies, who have boards, who have shareholders, it doesn't really end particularly well for them. And so this was just a little bit of an unhinged. And, and hey, listen, uh, this is uh, your president's America. This is what people. Can How did you do wind up whatever. tying it I mean, back because to that? Just the lack <laughs> of it's just the lack of to you. the lack of civility and, and I no, can tie it back to no shame and no well and no shame about it. This is not stuff that people used to do. Anyway, getting back to the shorts here. So you had mentioned 16% short interest in the stock. Right. Uh, so take a look at Wall Street's most hated stocks, because there are a lot of them, and they have higher percentages in terms of shorts. Tesla, 25% of the float short. Under Armour, Discover, Mattel, and then you see Cleveland Cliffs also making the list. It has been a good month for the shorts, though, with Under Armour down 14%, Mattel down 9 Tesla down 2 Which ones of these stocks would you maybe venture a short on? I'm not sure I'd venture short necessarily on all of those. The one thing I would say about this, what everybody's missing, shorts aren't a bad thing because they have to cover. Sure. So when the stock goes down, that's your buy support. I mean, this is just natural market action. So I, I wouldn't, I, I don't get that upset if people are short the stock. I think Tesla might be worth a, a gamble on the uh, short side. I on think, the short side. Yeah, I think that there's been a lot of people that are saying, hey, maybe it's run its course to the downside. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. I still think you have a lot of room to the downside in this one. It's dangerous, don't get me wrong. All shorts are dangerous, but I do think that you're going to get another shot in Tesla. Well, the companies up there that are the most broken, in my view, are actually Mattel and, and Under Armour. Those are the companies that I think actually, um, Under Armour, that's more debatable, but you could still make an argument that they've had enormous uh, turnover in the in the C-suite, uh, that the growth has really run into a wall at a time that the competitors have gotten stronger. Mattel is a story that, to me, for a long time, I actually was playing the bottom, and frankly, it was a terrible call. Um, I do think that a lot of the worst is priced into this name, and I think it actually is not cheap, but a lot of bad news has been priced in on the toy sector, and Mattel is one place I might nibble. Yeah, so just to piggyback on uh, Steve a little bit, Tesla could be really interesting. It could set up very similar to Netflix, what we saw. You know, we, obviously, sentiment is very poor. We had an analyst come out who's not particularly positive on the stock, said Model 3 could be really good deliveries. If you get a pop off that and they still haven't raised capital, I think you sell but that. When you say like Netflix, does that mean Netflix, which rallied off the lows? No, Netflix you... had very poor sentiment into its print. It and gapped it, up afterwards and, and gave it it basically up. given it all back. And I think that if you can get a pop, in a name like this off of news that maybe we're kind of expecting, that's when I think you lay that short out. All right. For more on Cleveland Cliffs and the CEO's epic rant, you can head over to CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. 
specialised across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Fast Money. It's Mega Millions Madness with the jackpot jumping into a record of $1 billion today for a closer look into the lottery fever. Let's get to Frank Holland out in Hackensack, New Jersey. Frank. Hey, good afternoon, guys. You know, each one of these tickets gives you a 1 in 302 million chance of winning that billion-dollar jackpot. So if you're thinking that these jackpots are getting bigger and bigger, you're right, and we're going to explain why. So take a look at the ticket. About a year ago, Mega Millions, they changed their matrix, their formula. So before, these first five numbers, there was a range of 1 to 75. Now there's only a range of 1 to 70. This last Mega Ball number, it was a range of 1 to 15. Now there's a range of 1 to 25. Translation, you have a better chance of winning a smaller prize, but your odds of winning that big billion-dollar jackpot, they've actually gotten longer. So just to put this all in perspective, right now, you have a better chance of marrying a millionaire, a 1 in 215 chance, than winning the Mega Millions. You also literally have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than winning the Mega Millions. That's a one in a million chance. And get this, you actually have a better chance of being elected the president of the United States. Yep, that's true. So think about it. If you win, you're lucky enough to win, you're probably going to take that lump sum. So that lump sum's about $565 million after taxes. It's about $396 million. So what could you do with it? Well, if you played the markets, here's how much of the biggest companies that you could actually get. If you want a piece of Amazon, you could have, get this, four one-hundredths of a percent of Amazon. You could get two 737s from Boeing, but only two-tenths of a percent of the company. Or you could get a half of a percent of Starbucks. And ideally, if you buy that, they'd actually get your name right on your cup of coffee. <laughs> Back to you guys. I would think so. Now, Frank, in your hand, that's your actual, so. that's your ticket, right? Did you? This, this did is my you, real ticket. I bought a few. I'm not your, really a lottery person, but I did. Did you pick your numbers or did you have them randomly generated? Because you said before that your odds are better if they're randomly generated. Yeah, the lottery people told me that your odds are actually better if you get them randomly generated, but that was kind of anecdotal. They said most winners do the quick pick, the random generation. So mathematically, oh. I don't know if that holds true, but I did the quick pick because I'd like to get the billion dollars. All right, yeah. Good luck to you, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Frank <laughs> Holland in, in Hackensack, New Jersey. Well, unfortunately, we can't all be lottery winners. But fear not, our traders are bringing you their very own jackpot stocks to make you a billionaire. Let's kick it off with Tim. Yeah. I don't think the upside in Gilead is as much as we might have in this Mega Millions, but I think they've got major catalysts in their pipeline. This Finch, too, especially. I think the valuation is very cheap. Gilead, biotech, come on. Go Brasso. for it. I mean, Apple. Is there any better lottery winner than Apple? Trades like a value stock when you need value. Trades like growth when you're looking for growth. Apple. BK? Well, when I think of lottery ticket stocks, I think something that's been bombed out has a lot of room for the upside. So I'm going with Baidu. Chinese internet stock, in a way, been killed. Nice. I'm with Damn. BK. You guys played it all wrong. You got to go something bombed out, as he said. Right. Snap. I think you see, you know, two dollars down. Bombed out for a reason. Probably Dan. ten dollars upside. Bombed out for right. a reason. Hope you're right. That's for us here on Fast. All you guys are playing Mega Bucks or whatever that is. Good luck to you. Options action starts right after this break. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. 
absolutely, positively FedEx. 